If you've been polyamorous for more than a minute, you may have heard this saying before, which goes like this. Yes, love is infinite, but time isn't. (laughs) Time is, in fact, as I am made acutely aware often, an extremely finite resource, perhaps one of the most finite resources we have. There are only so many hours in a day, only so many days in a week. And we're really only on this earth for a limited amount of time. So because of that, there are a lot of challenges that can be presented if you are polyamorous around time. Some things I've seen, difficult feelings around how much time each partner gets, a lot of attention on who gets how much, maybe conflict around what's fair or um you know, stress or even just fear about how time may shift when one of your partners starts a new relationship with someone else. And and I'll say a thing about that, that if you find yourself keeping score about your partner's time with other partners or you find yourself panicking about potentially losing time, that is usually a flashing signal that you are unhappy in some way about the time that you're getting with your partner or you are just barely getting enough to make it work. And, you know, on the flip side, a thing that can come up is, um, you know, you might feel like you don't have enough time, like you don't have enough to go around for all the people that you love. I'll say, though, that I think it can be a trap to get fixated only on the amount of time that you have with a partner. And so for this episode, what I'm going to invite you to do is to Not think about the amount of time for just a minute, but instead zero in on the type of time. And specifically what I'm going to talk about on this episode is intentional versus incidental time. Welcome to Making Polyamory Work. Hi, I'm Libby Sinback, and I want to thank you for being with me today. I am a queer polyamorous mom and a relationship transformation coach. I'm here to help you if you're feeling stuck, if you're struggling, if you want your relationships to be more nourishing, more functional, more authentic, and full of love. On my show, I go super deep into what actually makes polyamorous relationships work because I think it's worth it. Relationships are at the core of our well-being as humans. I think love is why we're here and how we heal. I'm really excited about today's topic, so without further ado, let's just go right into it, okay? So there are definitely more than just two types of time that you can spend with someone. There are lots of different kinds of time. There's leisure time, there's work time, there's play time, there's family time, there's resting time, there's deep, deep processing time. And if you listen to my latest episode... There's business time. (laughs) And that's just to name a few. But I really want to zero in on these two broader categories, intentional time and incidental time, because I think they are at the root of a lot of tension that can show up in polyamorous relationships. So first, let me just define these for you. So what do I mean by intentional time? Intentional time is the kind that goes on your calendar. It's usually one-on-one, and you preserve space and energy for it. You clearly define it, you commit to it, and hopefully it's something you're looking forward to. What this often looks like in intimate partnerships is date nights. 
Okay, so that's that's usually what we're talking about here. But the hallmark of intentional time is that it is planned, prescribed, protected, and prioritized. Okay, incidental time is the kind of time together that just happens. It's not the same thing as spontaneous quality time because that that's more that's kind of a gray area between intentional and incidental. But it is intentional in that you have to create it. Incidental time is time that you don't have to create. It's time that just happens in the in-between moments, like doing dishes after a meal or sitting on the couch together and the TV just happens to be on or brushing your teeth together before bed. And the thing about incidental time is that you're not on. It's time together where you're just existing because of that, for many people, incidental time can actually feel very intimate because you are just being. I want you to spend a minute now, now that I've defined these two different kinds of time, and I want you to think just for a moment about your various relationships and reflect on what that balance of incidental versus intentional time is with your different partners. What do you get a lot of with a certain person? What do you wish you had more of? So I'll say that if you don't live with a partner, it's likely that most of the time you have together is intentional time. Because unless you work together or live really close by to each other or have some other shared endeavor, like maybe childcare, you'll probably only see each other if you create an intentional plan to do it. And again, this can include spontaneous plans because you still have to have intentionality there. If you do live with a partner, it can happen that most of the time that you have together is incidental time. You wake up, the other one's there. You eat in the same spaces. You share domestic chores or childcare. Even when you have downtime, the other's still somewhere in your space unless they have plans. It's easy to go pop into a room where your partner is and strike up a conversation on the fly. And there's a real beauty to both incidental and intentional time. But often in polyamory, they can get out of balance because we're balancing these multiple relationships, we're balancing our time. And it can especially get out of balance if one relationship that you have is a nested partnership and one or more of your relationships is not a nested partnership. So the pitfalls you can run into with a nested partner is that you might presume that incidental time, which may be quite expansive, can somehow replace intentional time. And I see this a lot. This idea that we're together all the time. Why do you need a date night? Or we're together all the time. Why are you getting so upset about me spending just a couple of hours with my other partner this week? It feels so unfair. But not all time has the same amount of quality. There are 168 hours in a week. I know. It's, it's painful to, to, to know all the number of hours in a week. But it's something, it's something worth being present to when you're thinking about time. So in those 168 hours... I might only get to see my non-nested partner for six of those hours, maybe. And I might theoretically get to see my nested partner for like 50 of those hours per week. 
but 48 of those might be like me dragging my ass around in the morning or eating dinner together with our kids or zoning out together on the couch with our phones or a whole host of other things. A lot of the conversations that I might end up having with someone I live with may not end up very deep or emotionally connecting, but might be more about like who needs to take out the garbage or how we're going to handle discipline with one of our kids or, you know, talking over a financial decision. It's just not the same as having dedicated, planned time together when you're just enjoying each other and intentionally connecting as, you know, to adults as opposed to all of the other things that you are to each other when you live together. And yet it is so common for nested partners to end up with very little or no intentional time for each other. What can happen is that one or both partners put the time, put making that time last on the list of priorities. They take for granted that the expansive incidental time and the commitment that is demonstrated through the decision to live together, to sharing the business of life with each other, that that will be enough to sustain the relationship. And I'm here to tell you, it is not. It is possible to live with someone and see them all the time, but feel like they have no time for you. And it, it can feel really super crummy to be the person that you're doing all of the business stuff with, all of the life stuff with, and then watch your partner go spend all of their joy energy with someone else. That kind of setup can lead to a lot of resentment and, you know, feeling like, you don't matter. Ironically, non-nested partners may find themselves truly envious of all the incidental time that nested partners have with each other. I know I felt that when I've dated people that I don't live with. For one, because non-nested partners are getting a very specific measured time with their partners, that incidental time that comes from living together probably feels like so much more. And when you can really measure the number of hours you spend with your partner each week, it can feel like a small amount. Um, and a planned time with a planned activity together can also feel, you know, like very on time. So a non-nested partner might find themselves sort of craving the ease and the intimacy of being off, of being able to just be together, to share domestic things. If you're craving a deeper intimacy and enmeshment with your partner, you might see more incidental time as a way to create that. This might not be true for everyone, but for me, I get a lot of meaning and connection from being over at a partner's house and just doing his dishes. <laughs> um... I find a lot of meaning from just like knowing that I can be in someone's space and they don't have to, you know, necessarily entertain me or, uh, you know, cater to me or anything like that. I remember one important moment in one of my partners and my relationship. Uh, I was on a date with them and suddenly I got very, very sick. It was just very, very clear that I was not well and I needed to go home right away. And I was getting a car ride home and they really, really wanted to go home with me and tend to me and take care of me while I was sick rather than just letting me go home and expecting my nesting partner to take care of me. 
that level of intimacy and access to my life was important to me. Depending on the relationship you're looking for, being able to just share normal everyday life stuff or you know that intensive care work with partners that we don't live with can be a really important way to grow closer and feel more secure in the relationship. Now, you know, there are a lot of different things that you can do to sort of rebalance things. One of the most obvious and straightforward things you can do in the case of not having enough intentional time with a nested partner is to just schedule some, schedule some date nights. In my last episode, I encouraged Um, you know, setting up a business meeting, setting aside a time to talk weekly about the business aspects of your relationship. I also think it's a good idea to have a regular date night so that those things are clearly separate, but that you're not just making time for the business stuff. You're also making time for the fun stuff. And this can be, you know, in the daytime or in the evening, depending on your schedules, but it really does need to be intentional. And that means that it needs to be planned. It needs to be sacred time that you prioritize and protect and that you have some kind of plan together of what you're going to do that you're excited about. It doesn't have to be something super fancy. You don't have to go have some peak experience every time, like going out to a super fancy restaurant or going to a concert, you know, and those things are, you know, a little less accessible right now, depending on where you are with coronavirus. But it does need to be something that you're excited about and that you put some effort into getting ready for. Because I think a a thing that can happen with planned date nights for any partner, honestly, is that, oh, well, it's just kind of comes around on the calendar and you, it kind of sneaks up on you and it's not something that you put a lot of effort or intention towards. And I think it's really important. Like if you have a date night with your nesting partner that you do something around that, make it a thing, you know, and it can be, you dress up and you drink some fancy wine together on your front porch. If you just put it on the calendar, that's the only thing you do. That's not quite enough. I also want to offer, though, that in addition to the date night, which is something that is so widely prescribed, there are other ways, too, to queer your incidental time a little bit and make it feel more intentional. The first idea on how to do this, I actually got from like a parenting blog written by a woman named Janet Lansbury. And if you are a parent, especially of small, small, small kids, Janet Lansbury is amazing. She's got a podcast. She's incredible. Um, but she suggested, and I read this in a blog years and years ago, that if you're engaging in the business of childcare, you know, changing diapers, you know, uh, feeding, rocking to sleep, all those different kinds of things that you can do when, when kids are very small, especially when they're babies, that you make these essential activities a connecting experience rather than something to just sort of get through. So instead of, say, changing a diaper and doing that in a very business-like way, just sort of like, you know, okay, let's take the old diaper off, let's wipe the bottom, let's put the new diaper on, and that's it. You make the diaper change a connecting activity. You talk to the baby, you coo with them, you touch them in a loving way while also doing the necessary messy business, you know? And so you really slow down with it, take your time with it, and be with your child in that moment. Talk them through it, etc. So 
this is something you can do with things besides diaper changes. You can do this with other kinds of incidental time, other ways in which you share time with the person you live with and still make it a pleasurable or connecting time. And the nice thing is, is that then some of that work that you do together doesn't feel like work. Maybe it doesn't wear you out or drain your energy as much. And maybe it's something you actually can enjoy doing together. So, you know, an example might be maybe you normally take turns doing the dishes. You know, whoever cooks, they don't have to do the dishes or whatever. Maybe instead of that, have a night where you do them together. And one of you washes and the other one dries or uh, one of you rinses and the other one loads them in the dishwasher or whatever. But during that time, you are also engaged with one another and you're talking and you're keeping each other company. And, and again, make it intentional rather than just, oh, that happened to happen. Make it more something that you know is going to happen or that you ask to have happen. I mean, I've done it a bunch. I've, I've said, you know, hey, would you come hang out with me while I chop onions? Or, you know, could you sous chef with me while I cook? And, and sharing that experience together. Um, maybe what you need to do is you need to reorganize your closet. And so you could make that a shared activity. And heck, you know, you can make it sexy you know, have sex in the closet afterwards, after you're all done is kind of a reward. <laughs> so I mean, there are a lot of different ways you can take incidental time, or, you know, work time, unfun time and make it more fun. So it can be a little bit, it can feel maybe a little bit trickier to create more incidental time with non nested partners. But you can do that too. Um, and you don't have to you know, move in together in order to create that. And you don't even necessarily have to like relocate and move closer together. Although, you know, if that's something that you really want, that's possible and desirable. Although again, I've sort of pointed out earlier, a thing that can happen when you're nested together is that all of a sudden a lot of that intentional time can just end up uh, going away. So um, it's not necessarily a, a perfect cure-all. Um, although I'm planning a whole separate episode on cohabitation. So stay tuned for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing you can do, though, um, well, I mean, the first one is you can go on a trip together. So that can be really meaningful to go on a trip with a partner that you don't live with. A thing that I have really loved doing actually is going on a family vacation together. So my family and my partner's family uh, have gone to stay at a beach house together. And it's just been so lovely and treasured to just share all of that in between time with our kids, with each other. And I mean, we get a lot less intentional time during that time. In fact, I think that it was very, very limited during that time, but it just felt so sweet and connecting. Um, but you know, that kind of thing, like trips and being able to, you know, stay in a whole separate house together that might not be available or accessible to everyone due to time and cost. And again, the coronavirus. Um, but there are some other ways you can create incidental time together. One thing you could do is you could just invite the other over for a staycation at your house. You know, like you could just spend some time together co-working or whatever, depending on if your other housemates, uh, nesting partners, etc., are okay with that. Um, one of my partners did this while they stayed at my house over the holidays for several days. And, you know, during that time, they were just kind of living with us. You know, I didn't treat them like a guest. I didn't, you know, they just kind of like were just there. And there were a lot of in-between moments where we just were just around each other. And it was really nice. 
Another thing that can be nice is co-working together if you're able to do that. You know, so set up places where you can both have a comfortable workstation in one of your homes and it's not a date. You're not spending time together. You're just there to work. But of course, you can, you know, have little coffee and cuddle breaks or whatever, and that can be really nice. If you're not able to get together in person, you can also do this kind of uh, co-working thing, you know, over video chat or over, um, you know, while you're on the phone or something like that. I've done this with friends where, like, I'm just in the kitchen cooking dinner and they're just on video chat cooking dinner, too. And we're just chatting here and there as we go. And that can be really nice. Another possibility is to just, you know, plan on being at the same event or the same space or the same activity, but not having that be a date together, you know, so other people might be around, you know, you could take a class together, you could do some other activity that's not about like together time, but you just both happen to be there and share the experience. And that might be, again, a little less accessible with coronavirus, but you can do these online too. You know, there are a lot of different activities online and it can just be really nice to be able to share that with someone without it being like, you know, again, this, this planned it's us time. Another thing that I mentioned earlier that can be really nice is to just straight up sharing or trading domestic tasks. So, you know, you come over here while I reorganize the pantry and, you know, we just hang out and maybe you help me do that or come watch my kids with me or I'll weed while you mow the lawn, etc. What's important here is that you don't expect or put pressure on yourself for anything to happen or anyone to have like a good time. You're not, again, you're not entertaining each other. You're not on. The goal is just to be together and not make it some kind of event. So whatever you decide to do, I mean, you do kind of have to plan it, but you can also try to keep it super low key. So these are just a few ideas. And I have a feeling that some of y'all some of my lovely listeners maybe have come up with a few creative ways that I haven't thought of to make intentional time more incidental and make incidental time more intentional. And so I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know how you handle this. If you want to share and have a conversation about it, please join the conversation on Facebook. I'm going to be posting this episode on my Facebook page. And so I would love to have a conversation about it in the comments with you. So to recap, not all time is equal. And when you have a lot of one kind of time and not a lot of another kind of time, whether it's intentional time or incidental time, the grass might look greener on the other side of the fence. And there is truth to that feeling. So it's worth acknowledging that. And also being with the fact that we all have a limited amount of time. And so we might have to get creative on how to navigate time with our different kinds of relationships and their configurations. But by doing that, we can deepen our relationships and make everyone feel valued and connected in the ways that they want to. Thank you for joining me today. If you have thoughts about what I've said or a question for my show, of course, as I said before, I love hearing from you. You can reach me via my website, LibbySinback.com. You can also just email me directly at Libby at LibbySinback.com. If you're loving my podcasts, but maybe feeling like your relationship could use more help, this is work that I do with my coaching clients every day. If you're interested, 
you can set up a free introductory session with me to see if coaching might be a good fit for you. There's a link in the podcast description for you to sign up, but slots are limited. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends, your networks, your Facebook groups, etc. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, especially because I have a whole bunch coming out in the next few months. Also, if you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review or comment. That is the main way that more people find the show. So thank you for being with me again, and I will talk to you soon.